0: Episode sixteen of Auto Off Topic. I'm Brad,
1: and I'm your other host, Andrew. Welcome, Andrew. How you doing,
0: Brad? Excellent, actually. I'm feeling better finally after a couple weeks. To get a little sniffle going, but overall, I'm uh, yeah, my voice finally coming out. of it. voice should be normal again,
1: kind of crappy, but
0: nah, it's much better. So than if it was I
1: last week. if I cough or, or or hack a little bit.
0: It's funny, I I listened back a little bit last week just to see how awful I sounded, and uh, you could tell that I was in cough medicine and cold medicine, because normally I talk too fast, and last week I sounded like I was droning. Yeah, Really slowly.
1: Real slow, it was good.
0: So I'm going to try to slow it down closer to that, because I actually thought it sounded good, and I've received a couple of comments from listeners and friends that it was easier to listen to me as I was under the weather, but... I'll, uh, I'll I'll try to slow it down to somewhere in between my normal talk to fest Yeah, no and last week's lethargic NyQuil talk.
1: No cross-country drives this week. <clears throat> yeah, exactly.
0: I'm also not under, under-slept this week.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, first and biggest announcement this week is the...
1: We have the car contest. Coloring, coloring contest. Coloring
0: car coloring contest. Yes. The Mitsubishi coloring contest. So, we had a very technical way of picking a winner. We sat around the... Um, auto-off-topic tables with our families and put all the pictures in front of everybody and everybody picked them out for us. So we have three winners. Um, One for traditional uh, crayon-coloured pencil on paper, one for digital, and one for uh, junior listeners or children of listeners, the under-16 category. Uh, We will obviously post all three of these up. Um, First winner uh, for the standard paper and pencil or crayon or watercolor or whatever they wanted to use, it looks to me like he used colored pencils, uh, would be Steve Boutin or B- I'm assuming I'm pronouncing his name right. Does it seem right to you? Butin. Boutin? 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 S-
1: sounds right. Sounds
0: right. Yeah. Well, I hope it's right because he listens. Mm-hmm. Uh, he colored a picture of the Lancer station wagon, uh, which is picked best by all of our lovely, lovely judges. Mm-hmm um Mr. Rob Vale did a digital coloring of the same car. Um so that was pretty interesting. It's
1: kind of the coolest picture. The, guy's because the guy like, next,
0: leaning against the car smoking a cigarette. Yeah. I think it's a pipe or too. Whatever, it's yeah. like really random. Uh and our junior winner is uh Alex Dorado, who is the son of listener Chris Dorado, who colored a picture um
1: uh it was the Celeste
0: uh, yeah, it was, and he had a little, It'd, it'd
1: be a Dodge Arrow. Plymouth Arrow.
0: Plymouth Arrow. Plymouth, Arrow, Plymouth yeah. Arrow, yeah.
1: Which is a Celeste, right? Yep. On the docks, the boats.
0: He did, it, he did, and that was pretty good, and he, he had, had a Mario in there. He had a little Mario character in the back, which was a little uh, extra, a little extra push, Mario running across the boat. So, all three of you guys are winners in our eyes. Um, if we could figure out what all three of you are into automotive-wise... We will pick something for each one of you from our stash of stuff and uh, send it out your way, whether it be a model kit or a die cast or something cool that's related to what you like. Um, we'll try to make it something that you're into. Uh, mm-hmm. I certainly have plenty of choices of cool things to give away between myself and Andrew. And uh, let us know like your general theme of automotive fandom. Um, if you're listening to us, it's probably something old and Japanese whatever whatever it is we'll find something whether it's a muscle car or a big truck or an old japanese car we get something cool for you mm-hmm. so send us a message and let us know what you uh, what you're into and we'll figure out something to get for you trust me you'll be happy but thank you for everybody that did submit drawings yes it thank was quite you. cool we'll uh, maybe try to make it an annual thing or some kind of contest every year cuz that was kind of cool and it got you know the little listener involvement which was awesome
1: yeah I, i'm going to leave that uh, folder up so you can can download those forever. and
0: Yeah, if you look for some new art for your living room, just download yeah, one and yeah, exactly. color it, and frame it, and hang it. I know I'm going to. Yeah, Thank you for coloring things for my living room, everybody. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, Deb.
1: And hang them on the refrigerator.
0: Yeah, exactly. Pretend that I have lots of children. Yep. All right, so that is that. Next up this week, uh, we're going to move right past corrections and omissions because we had a guest last week. Uh, and I don't think anybody corrected us on anything. I don't think we realized we were wrong on anything. Uh, we probably were. We're just not paying attention. So moving on. Nope. Project car updates. Have you done anything?
1: I was just thinking. I haven't checked the. If you've emailed us at Auto Off Topic, Gmail, I just realized I haven't checked that in a while. I apologize.
0: If we open that right now and there's more coloring contest winners, you are, you just Steve Harvey'd our whole show.
1: <laughs> I, I hope not. I don't think so.
0: Yeah, you should probably check that later.
1: I will. I'll check it later after the show. But
0: if 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 there is an email there with a coloring contest submission. Dated before February fifteenth at seven forty eight p.m. Eastern Time. We'll, now we'll have to give you a booby prize.
1: Well, now you Oh wait, a oh this isn't live, dear. Right, exactly. <laughs> All right. So, sorry about that. If I if I haven't answered you in a while, uh, I apologize. I'll go check that later. I keep
0: meaning to, and I keep you'll forgetting. To, you'll have to give me the uh, the password so I can yeah, log into that as well. It's just it's easy.
1: But yeah, anyway, don't say it over the
0: air. <laughs> All right. Project car updates. Andrew, what do you got?
1: Uh, I've been looking on Bu e for wheels for the Montero
0: Bu e is the Japanese Yahoo service buyer, yes, yes,
1: so the Montero doesn't have the factory alloys and he's just he sold it to me on some like kind of random like steels steel wheels,
0: okay, are they like a spoked steel
1: uh probably i don't, i mean not special. It. I just i he had like bigger tires and wheels on there, and I was like, whatever I don't need those, just just keep right. those Plus It and, wouldn't fit in the trailer yeah it was it would have <laughs> made it hard to ship so Regardless, uh, I was looking on there for – because Montero Sport 15-inch wheels, the 6 spokes, also came on second-gen Monteros. Super common wheel. Very easy to find those around
0: here. Yeah, the ones you have in your current Gen 1, exactly, right? Exactly, yeah.
1: because the Montero Sports, there's just a lot of them. And yeah. At least in this area, they're sold a lot. So
0: uh, Yeah, they're very common. They're also on the road, too, because they're pretty reliable trucks. Yes.
1: And I could probably find some in a junkyard, but I wanted something a little different in the early – Gen, the early second-gen trucks that were SRS, so they had the flared fenders, so they'd be the high-end trucks. Uh, Those like two-tone ones, like those the the
0: bolt-on flares, not like the box flares.
1: Yeah, so like the '92, '93s. Correct. The really early ones. Yep. uh, Came with these. Uh, I think they're like five or six spoke. I think
0: they're like a two-tone six spoke. And they're like a two-tone six
1: spoke. Like with a machine like,
0: finish the painted insert.
1: Yeah, with a painted dark gray insert.
0: Yeah, they're pretty rare in this country.
1: Yeah, so exactly. So they're hard to find. So I can't find a set of those. But they're pretty common on the JDM trucks. So I was looking on by
0: I think they were like standard on the short wheelbase trucks over there, weren't they? On the short wheelbase trucks with alloys, which we didn't get a second-gen short wheelbase no. here.
1: But it doesn't matter. So yeah. uh, they're really, really common. So I found, like, two different auctions with sets of four, okay. and they're each, like, I ended up winning them, because you, the way E works is that you win the Yahoo auction, and then the buyer, the seller, ships the stuff to the E warehouse, right? and then Bayi, excuse me, ships it to the United States.
0: Yeah, because the way Yahoo Japan auctions work, you can't buy directly from Japan and ship outside of Japan. Mm-mm. So you have to have, like, a ghost buyer, or a shill buyer, whatever you want to call it.
1: Yeah. Or a bro- like a, a broker. yeah, it's like a broker, I guess. So then, um, you know, I got these for pretty cheap. Like one set was like seventy bucks. The other set was like eighty bucks. It's ridiculous. I was like, sweet for four wheels. Yeah, but here's the the riff: is that um, and it's
0: not a riff. You're trying to ship eight wheels from Japan to the yeah
1: yeah. But the problem was, or the problem so far. Uh, so one of the the wheels got shipped to the buy E as two. Probably packages of two wheels.
0: Correct. Well, I bought wheels from BAE myself a couple years ago, yeah. and that's how they came: was two separate packages of two wheels.
1: So they're they're only fifteen by seven inch wheels with no tires on them. Yeah, pretty so small. They're, so they're pretty small. So they they give you a quote for shipping. Of course, they give you the the recommended, which is the EMS surface mail, which is like you know like a week of shipping, mm-hmm. it's super fast, and it's trackable, and like, yeah, like our model kits usually come that way. Yep, and, and they'll come like. You know, like, within a week. But anyway, so I was like, no, that's too much. Because it was, like, 200 bucks. I was like, too much to ship these. Because they're just wheels.
0: Which really isn't.
1: I don't, yeah, but I don't, I need, I had.
0: I mean, it's pretty reasonable shipping from Japan. But it
1: was not $200 for four. It was $200 for two.
0: Oh, okay. You need to do eight, four times. Yes. So it put $800. For yes. Them. Okay.
1: So it was getting a little crazy. So then I was like, well, I'll pick the C-Mail. Because it was, like, 100 bucks. But it's interesting because one package of two was a hundred dollars. One package of the other two was a hundred and thirty. I was like, "All right, whatever." That's weird. It is super weird because they it, should. It could be a different
0: size box, maybe. Different I guess. Packing, I so
1: I did uh, one of the auction. I paid for shipping that way, so four wheels are coming sea mail.
0: Which still, when you think about it, eighty bucks the wheels, two hundred and thirty dollars to ship them. Yeah. You're still under the set of wheels for three hundred dollars. Yes. <laughs> which is pretty ridiculous. So then.
1: The other set, they're like, well, these are too big to ship via C mail. I'm like, uh. That doesn't make any I'm sense. I'm like, you know, I'm like trying to explain to them, of course, you know, because they're like non English speakers. I mean, they write to you back and forth in English via email, but I'm trying to explain, I'm yeah, like. By a translating service. Yeah. I'm like, this is the same. I just bought the same item from two different auctions. Why is one item only, you know, $100 each to ship? And this one now you're telling me has to go UPS. And it's three hundred dollars to ship it for Ouch. two,
0: so six hundred dollars.
1: Well, yeah. So I was like, well, listen, I need you to consolidate the two into the two separate packages into one separate package and try to ship it UPS. Right. Because there's no way that that UPS shipment will double in price. It will probably be like a hundred dollars more, not six hundred dollars. Right. So that that's where that is with that. And you're probably like, well, why does Andrew need eight wheels? Because he's a hoarder. But I need eight wheels because the truck has a full-size spare. and I, It was th- hard to
0: buy one spare. You needed to buy two sets.
1: I figured each set had a couple of scuffs on some of the wheels, but like Built some of the, of the wheels were really nice. Yeah, so I was going to take the nicest five wheels will go in the truck. The other three will be spares because they're hard to find those wheels. Yep. So that's why I'm doing it that way.
0: Plus, I'm sure somebody at some point will need a replacement, and you'll have them here in this country already. Yeah, maybe. And you can sell them for whatever it costs.
1: But I also wanted to experiment with buy I just want to see what it was like to buy wheels from it.
0: Yep. And like I said I done it before myself, but I bought like 13 by 6s so it was significantly cheaper. Yeah. Cuz they're small boxes.
1: I mean the dollars fairly strong right now versus the yen, right. so it's not too too bad. But it I mean I I'd, I'd probably do it again, but it would be a little bit like more economical if so I wouldn't be buying like eight wheels. He just
0: buying two or <laughs> four, I mean. <laughs>
1: Excuse me So You've been doing some scale Well, RC stuff or
0: Yeah, I haven't been doing much with real cars Because, you know, it's winter time And uh, I haven't had the money To buy things from body So uh, I pulled out some of my uh, Scale project stuff Which uh, in this week I've been working on some RC stuff Haven't touched my RC stuff in Probably 10 years yeah, So it's all pretty old and it's all outdated. I know we've touched on it real lightly before on the podcast, um, but I was talking to my neighbor who has been into the RC stuff straight through um, and has all the updated batteries and, and lipo batteries and NIM cells. And I still have old night cats. Mm-hmm. So I charged all my batteries that have been sitting in the basement for 10 years and they charged and the cars were nice. So I was pretty impressed, pretty happy. Um, this was all kind of touched off by I've been looking at stuff online being a one twenty fourth scale model car builder. There's some guys out there now that are building full RC one twenty fourth scale like off road rock crawling trucks. And uh you can buy the basic kit for like forty bucks. Cool. So I did. <laughs> and now I want to build like a a one twenty fourth scale Montero or something to go on this stupid little truck that I really didn't need to buy but did anyway. So that's the only update. I just started kind of tinkering around with stuff. I haven't um really gotten too into it yet. I'll uh, I'll put some pictures of the 124 scale thing up maybe on the uh, on the on the podcast page just so you can see what it is and how ridiculously cool and tiny everything is and what the future plan is. Um so stay tuned to that one. Not a big update yet, just trying to get back nope. into it and then uh hopefully next week we'll have some more real car updates cuz I know we're trying to do some work on the Honda that we sold. Um through vine nothing crazy just doing some tune-up stuff for the new owner. Mm-hmm. But no big projects I don't think cuz again it's winter time and there's no money. So moving on.
1: Yep. But it is winter time and I did the <clears throat> sorry. It's my water. Yeah. Um
0: you did the, uh, a wintertime driving event.
1: Yes, that you and I actually did last year. We
0: did. In and the Raider. <laughs> we did.
1: <laughs> so what we did, it's the, um. so this year, let's say this. This year, for the 2017 edition, Uh, myself and friend of the show, our friend Jordan, uh, he has the STI that we talk about sometimes that we've been helping him fix up. And he's been using that for Rallycross. And so we wanted to do in uh, New England here, we have the Winter Challenge Rally, which is a TSD, a time-speed distance rally, run by none other than John Buffum is the rally master. Rally
0: legend. American rally legend. American
1: rally. So the most winningest American rally driver in the United States. The
0: winningest, yes.
1: And he's now into his mid-70s. Yeah,
0: he's up there. You wouldn't know it, though. No,
1: no. He's still on it. real, Real and... So he'd, he I
0: I guess he's late 50s if I just met him.
1: Yeah, so I believe it's been 13 or 14 years they've been doing this rally. And it is the uh it's basically a throwback to the way rallies were run in the 60s and 70s before stage rally existed. Right. Which so that I mean TSDs evolved into stage rallies
0: yeah if you if you look at footage of american rallies from or even any rallies yep. from the 60s you're not going to see full cages and fire suits and helmets you'll see a driver and navigator and a t-shirt and as he built mm-hmm. and and that's kind of the way this
1: that's even the, the way like the monte carlo rally started
0: like yeah any of those old rallies look at the pictures of like you know the mini coopers when they first ran and mm-hmm. you know like i said it was it was literally just a guy in a t-shirt and a hat
1: <laughs> eventually as a Evolved. That's where they came up with the timed stages, but correct.
0: This one is run precision driving versus yes all out speed.
1: So this is done in the uh, up in northern Vermont in the remote areas, uh, back roads, dirt roads. But Vermont has really nice back roads. Like they're really the thing with Vermont is they uh, maintain their back roads really well. They're like almost you'd be mistaken sometimes. You'd think that they were paved roads, but it's dirt. It's dirt. It's, well, it's really they don't,
0: they don't scrape them down to bare pavement either when they plow them. No, or bare, no, no. bare dirt. To no, them no, no, they them.
1: they do plow the dirt roads, but also during the summertime they maintain the dirt roads yeah. really well. Well, they
0: plow them, but they don't they don't have like a bare road policy like we have no. here. They keep snow on the road.
1: Yeah. So that makes those roads really interesting. Uh, and last year, we Brad and I decided we were going to do it. It would be the that would have been the second year we were doing it. Yes. So, uh, in the. The first time we ever ran it was twenty thirteen. Yep. Uh I ran it in my gallant and
0: With Jordan has navigated Jordan
1: navigated for yep. us. Uh we made it through the whole rally, we we're just fine. I only put it in the snowbank once It got stuck and then yeah. got pulled out pretty quickly. And then didn't um we missed like a couple checkpoints or anything, so we didn't technically due to inexperience. Yeah, so we didn't technically finish.
0: Look, we have we have T S D rally experience. Yes. We just don't have John Buffum traditional style. This rally one is super experience. super
1: hard. It, I mean, it's it's designed to trip up national championship teams.
0: Yeah, they have tricky sections in it, and also on top of all of that, the the cast speed, which continue at speed. So speed you're, you're supposed to maintain. It's it's kind of like, like I don't want to say golf because it's it's not lowest score wins, but it's closest to zero wins. Yeah, so lowest score say, wins. So point A, yeah, point A to point B. There's a set time you're supposed to get there. You get points for every second you're over. Or points for every second you're under. So it rewards precision driving based on the instructions, and the instructions aren't super clear. No, But they have some sections where it will say, continue at speed, 38 miles an hour, because that's a 40-mile-an-hour road. But that's during ideal situation. This is not ideal weather conditions. It's snowing. It's wintertime. It's middle of the night. Doing 38 miles an hour on slow some of the roads turns and... is, is hard. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you've got to make it up some places.
1: Yeah. So then um, – where where was I going with this? So, yeah. So the first –
0: You go with not stuffing the galant. <laughs>
1: yeah. So the first time we did it, we missed – I don't know. Somehow we were, like, just a little bit late, and then we – like, a, a checkpoint closed on us or something. Right. And also, uh, the last – those years, uh, he was still doing something that wasn't traditionally done in a lot of TSCs. He was doing traps. So he's purposely putting things in there to trip you up. Right. Like – he would put a fake street sign or something, yeah. or you know, other devious things.
0: Quite, quite questionably legal in general.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't matter up there. And uh, so then last year we did it in the mon- in the raider.
0: Yeah, the red short wheelbase raider.
1: After we had fixed the valve train. After we
0: thrashed it- to get the motor together in time. Yeah.
1: And you threw some hell of seven hundreds on it.
0: Yeah, some big nine inch fog lights. And or then driving lights.
1: We just went for it, and it was. Like the record it was like the coldest day. It was
0: like negative eighteen Fahrenheit. Yes. Which is I don't even know how much in Celsius. It's negative a lot. So it's negative thirteen Fahrenheit. Negative eighteen Fahrenheit yeah, is it cold. Was
1: insanely cold. Yeah. And the Raider for doesn't have like twenty four hours.
0: And the Raider doesn't have rear interior in it. It's just sheet metal in the back. And there's two giant rust holes on top of the rear wheels. And there's no headliner. And there's no headliner.
1: And the headliner and the heater works okay.
0: The heater works very well, but the problem is there's no insulation in the car because there's no interior. It was very drafty. I I put I, uh, the day before the rally, I reinstalled carpet under the drivers and passengers seats, so we'd have at least carpet under our feet to keep our feet a little bit warm. The funniest thing about the whole thing last year when we ran it was. It was so cold outside, and you know, our breath inside makes it warm inside. Yeah, that the inside of the windows was freezing from like the middle of the front no, windows back. back yeah. yeah, because there was not enough heat in the car to keep the windows from freezing. So we had to scrape the inside of the driver's window. I was every dressed once in a while,
1: as if I was going skiing. I was wearing. Boots, I don't. Wool I don't socks,
0: ski, so I was wearing jeans and sneakers.
1: Uh, ski pants, uh, ski jacket, a vest, a thermal thermal underwear. Like I, I was wearing a lot of layers and I was still cold. It was very drafty.
0: It was a little chilly in the truck. Uh, I, I was I was okay. I mean, I'm I'm used to driving that truck, I guess, and it's always cold in that truck.
1: Basically our so. our th- thoughts were we were going to go with the closest you could get to doing it in a 60s vehicle.
0: That wasn't our thought until we were doing it and realized how stupid we were. <laughs> However, there was the team with the xr R forty ti That heater broke at the beginning of the rally. Yeah. And they ran all night anyway. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. we can we can say everything that we can want to say, but we still weren't the coldest team out there.
1: Oh yeah, that's the other thing. So this rally goes from three PM till two AM.
0: Yeah, it's right through the dark of the night. Yeah. And it's awesome because of it.
1: I remember it being it was so cold last year, like you'd get out at the controls to get your time and you'd walk up to the car and it would just the cold would just soak right through your clothes immediately. And just like stick to you, and then you could hear all the wood in the trees was cracking, cracking. Cold. Cause it was
0: cold, yeah, because colder than it ever usually is. Yeah. And the other teller of how cold it was was because the raider consumes some oil, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd add oil at some point during the night, and I had stored the spare oil in the back of the truck where there was no heat and no insulation. And I remember we went to pour it into the engine, and like it came out like molasses. <laughs> No, I, it was like,
1: you know, maple syrup in Vermont. It was just pouring yeah, it out. Yeah,
0: exactly. Um, and then pouring it in going, wow, this is not look, it's going to help the motor at all. And
1: the biggest bummer was we ran pretty well all night. We only had a couple miss-ups. So we
0: never went off. We never put the car oh, off the road. No, because it wasn't we that ran, snowy. And we ran it in two-wheel drive the whole time, too. Yeah. Never in four-wheel drive.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, but somehow we were either a little bit behind or something, and they closed a checkpoint.
0: Yeah, we missed one checkpoint.
1: And we didn't get a finisher plaque. Yep. Because we weren't going to win because we never do the math right. Yeah, we don't do math. Because that's the other thing. These these events are um, they're really fun, but to in order to win them, you have to be very good at math
0: and concentration. Well, two things which I'm not good at.
1: Well, we're fine with navi- the
0: navigation. Part. Navigation is fine, but concentrating on navigating and doing math at the same time, yeah. I get a little lost.
1: We're like, I'd say we're pretty we're pretty damn good at navigating, but the math is where we get. Messed up.
0: It's so. nerd racing. We're well, not nerdy enough, I guess.
1: No, we're not.
0: I guess not. <laughs> not not saying anything bad about it. We love doing it. It's a lot it's of fun. Everybody that does it is a lot of fun. They're um,
1: fun until they're infuriatingly like just frustrating.
0: See, I don't get infuriated because it can never be as bad as the 2013 when I was navigating for Joe and we crashed. Yeah. So it'll never be that bad.
1: No. But
0: we went we went like four car lengths off the road up to the door yeah, handles in yeah, deep snow. Yeah. So
1: that was, that was that was a it was during a snowstorm that year. So it was. It was
0: awesome. But and and my memory of that year is on the instructions, the directions. At the direction it was like, you know, uh right turn at fence or r- right turn at T intersection or something. And before it in brackets it said slippy in. Now Bear in mind that the whole entire rally course was snow-covered. So if this one particular instruction, which is at the bottom of a hill, says Slippy in, you know it's going to be icy on top of being snowy. Mm-hmm. And Joe, driving, was like, oh, it'll be fine. And we went into it, and he turned the steering wheel, and we were doing like 30 miles an hour. And nothing, nothing. Yet the cars Just continued straight. on straight at 30 miles an hour. And I, I, I feel like we caught air going through the snowbank. <laughs>
1: All right. Well, I'll get to that in a minute. So, 2017 edition, we thought it was going to snow again the whole time because they were, they were forecasting snow all weekend. Correct. We didn't see barely a flake of snow up there.
0: However, most of the roads were still snow-covered. They, they were
1: snow-covered because it yeah. snowed a couple of days before. So, we got up there and we ran it in Jordan's STI uh, that we'd done a bunch of work to.
0: With and, snow tires?
1: Yep. He, he bought snow tires for it for uh, Rallycross. So, four nice snow tires. Car had a full, basically has a full interior. Well, the... No
0: back seats. No back seat. Yeah. Other than that, a full interior.
1: Other than that, full interior.
0: Much better heat than the Raider.
1: Working heat. <laughs> My feet were warm and toasty all weekend. Uh, I also found out he's got Corbeau uh, FX seats in there, FX1s. Yep. Um, I don't mind them. I like them. I was quite comfortable for 12 hours in that they, seat. They fit wider people? The His driver's seat is wider. Okay. The passenger seat is a little
0: bit narrower. you were in the passenger seat. It's the passenger
1: know. seat. It's 20 inches wide.
0: That doesn't sound very wide.
1: It doesn't sound very wide, but
0: I, I guess because when you buy pants, it's a full circumference. So we're yes, like a forty. That's why it, <laughs> it's a forty-four or yeah. thirty-eight that I wear. It's it's.
1: That's why it seems weird, yeah, right? Half, so half of
0: that is less than twenty, so it works.
1: Because I went out to the talon because I do want to put these in the talon. And I measured the factory talon seat, and it's yep.
0: twenty inches. Oh, okay.
1: So I was like, okay, but it's that kind of sense. flat.
0: <clears throat> so how wide is the driver's seat?
1: Uh, the FX. So the FX Pro is the twenty, I guess, and the FX like the f x one is a twenty one
0: oh so it's just a little bit wider, and they have an
1: they have an extra wide one that's twenty four
0: it's called the f x American edition, yeah probably,
1: <laughs> but that won't i don't think that would fit if I needed that i don't it think probably it would fit in the, the talent, talent. yeah, the
0: I think about one. that like my my pant size is a thirty eight and i guess thirty eight is the full circumference, so if you're talking a twenty inch wide seat it's less than half of thirty eight so that works out yeah exactly uh, right. just it sounds like it wouldn't work, <clears throat> sorry. Very professional, Andrew. Very professional.
1: Yeah, I don't... It's been awful. It's been like this all week. So I was trying to do this in call-out directions. Nice. Yeah, it was getting really annoying after like 12 hours. So anyway, um, we did pretty well. Uh, We didn't do any math. Uh, We only had a couple of navigational errors. Um, But um, for the most part, we stayed on course. And except, like, towards, oh, so I should explain, the way this, the navigation works in this TSD is a little different than other ones. A lot of the ones in the SCCA will just be purely tulips.
0: And tulip is, like, a dot with an arrow that is the tulip.
1: And it, so, it, yeah, it accompanies the written direction. Yeah, it'll and say
0: it, left at bear, and it'll be, like, bear mountain road. Yeah. Like a left on bear mountain
1: and road. And the dot will be your car, and the arrow is the direction that Where you need to go. go. Yeah. So the and begin-
0: sometimes is a mileage call and sometimes it's yeah mileage.
1: there isn't that there's a whole nuance to this. Yeah. But the beginning section of the Winter Challenge Rally is all written. There's no TSDs, no okay. um, tulips, No tulips at all. The second section is a map that has a route traced on it with some accompanying uh, written directions. Minor written directions. Minor written directions. Yeah. With, That's kind with, of my favorite with, section. With only a couple points that correspond to the written directions. So we we're about halfway through the second part, actually pretty close to the end. We're coming down this steep, it was slippy, kind of jogged to the right, jogged to the left. Uh, Jordan had been doing some left braking all all evening and driving pretty well. And the car just, it was too slippery. And we we're going a little too quick. And it was like, the choice was either some trees or a snowbank. And he picked the snowbank and we just kind of high centered on the snowbank. And got stuck. And got stuck, which kind of sucked. But apparently it wasn't that long. It felt like an eternity.
0: It does feel like an eternity. So a couple people... Especially when it's the middle of the night in Vermont and there's no cell phones service. We were kind of
1: mad because there was a car that saw us go in, like, basically right behind us. And, you know, maybe because they were kind of so close, maybe Jordan was driving a little bit quicker. But regardless, they just kind of blew right by us after they watched us go off. Like, which is, which st- is
0: weird because the...
1: It's not a competition or a race. Like, just right. stop and make sure we weren't dead.
0: Yeah, and and, and the thing that it, it's a... Every, most people would do that. Most people would stop. Yeah, it's like a common courtesy thing.
1: Yeah. So after that, the people, all, all the other, all the other competitors that came by after that stopped to make sure we're okay. Eh, it was a but rookie in the beginning. They were, no, they weren't. That's oh. the thing. They were a team that so wins a lot. We know who it was. Yeah, we do. <laughs> so they came by, uh, but like one of the guys was in like a front wheel drive Elantra. They can't pull us out because it's like uphill and it's yeah. A WRX that's stuck in a snowbank. It's way heavier than your Elantra. Elantra, front-wheel drive Elantra, yeah. Uh, then these nice guys came by. Uh, it was Nick and Reeve, and they were in a Legacy um, B-Spec.
0: Okay, so similar weight and power. <laughs> yeah,
1: so they were like, no, 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 we'll take a time allowance. We'll pull you out. like, sweet. So um, they grabbed the... He spins it around. I grabbed. Uh, I had a Smittybilt kinetic strap I bought to keep Which in the truck. Which
0: kinetic straps we learned about when Joe and I stuffed ourselves in the yeah. snow because they worked awesome.
1: Yeah, they're supposed to work awesome. It's like so, a la-
0: giant elastic band. Yeah,
1: basically the car that you're attached to that's trying to pull you out will run out the the slack, and it's like a giant bungee cord. And it as it it will as the uh, car reaches the end of the slack, it in theory should pull on the car that's stuck. And you yank it right out and gives you more force, right? I don't know, this I don't like I, we never actually used this strap of war. As soon as they went go, it didn't even it wasn't even a violent failure, it just pulled apart like Taffy. Oh that's weird. Just just separated, just, and just pulled apart. I was like, oh
0: so if you're okay. gonna buy a kinetic strap, you don't buy a smitty built. Nope, it's
1: a piece of shit. Don't buy it.
0: Which after you told me that story, I noticed when I was getting in my truck that my steps my steps to get in the truck are Smitty built steps. So now every time I get in the truck, I'm nervous. They're just gonna fall apart <laughs> on me. Fall over. <laughs>
1: I don't know. It, that was uh, Jordan's uh, awning. Is a smitty built? The one that failed in the rain.
0: That yeah, failed in the rain too. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I guess I guess the the internet calls them shitty built for a reason. though. Yeah.
1: So luckily they had, an, well, I mean we had some extra toe straps, but they were buried. So they grabbed theirs because it was it was right at accessible. Nice. Just an actual toe strap, not a recovery strap, and just yep. yanked us out. We had some traction boards under the tires. That we had brought.
0: Oh, you brought the actual, like, off-road traction boards? Mm-hmm. Nice.
1: Yep. So, I mean, it, we got out. I was so happy they got they got us out. It was kind of bummed, though, because I was like, shit, we're going to be late. We're not going to make the checkpoint. But we weren't stuck that long. It felt like we were stuck for, like, half hour, but it really wasn't.
0: It was probably five minutes.
1: So we, then we come around the corner, and there was a checkpoint, like, right there. We are so close to getting to the checkpoint. Oh, really? So, obviously, we're super late. Um they took a time allowance, and I heard him. They were like, oh, he's like, oh, 12 a, he was like 12 and a half minutes. I was like, oh, we're only stuck for that long?
0: Like, at least, like, maybe 15 minutes? I'll say a little longer because you wait for him to get there. Yeah. So you so, took a 15-minute time allowance, so which is probably the maximum, right?
1: I didn't. T- we didn't take one. You can't. We learned that you can't actually take one for your own mistake. What do you mean? So if you get, like, lost or something, you're not really supposed to take one. Oh. No.
0: I don't understand how that works then. No. I that, thought that's what they're designed for.
1: I thought so too, but no, that's in the rule, like the real rules, like that's not, nobody ever challenges us because we're not that good. Yeah, because we
0: don't win. No. <laughs> no.
1: But apparently you're not supposed to.
0: Okay. So. So what are they for? for just for helping They're somebody. for if you,
1: yeah, if you help someone or you get stuck behind a, a, a car that's not in the rally going super hmm. slow or like a train crossing, stuff okay. like that. Okay. Yeah.
0: Because we've always been encouraged to take them too. When we get somewhere, I'd be like, if you don't take one, they're like, no time allowance? Yeah. So,
1: okay. I mean, you could you could take one like if you know that you are driving slower than the what the speed was cuz the cast was too high. Right. Then yes. Okay. But like you're not supposed to take one for getting lost.
0: Was <clears throat> well, stuck in a snowbank the same as lost?
1: Yeah, I think so. All right. So, it doesn't matter.
0: Regardless. It you was finished. cool
1: it was cool because we still made that checkpoint. We really weren't that late. Basically, once you get to a checkpoint, it restarts. You're on the next leg. Yep, goes and, back to zero. And we just kept going, and we just made... It's like,
0: like again, like the golf analogy. Each, yeah. each hole is like a leg in the exactly. thing, so every hole counts towards the end.
1: And the important thing was that we made every checkpoint. We weren't try- That was exactly what we were trying to do, going into it. We just wanted to make every single checkpoint, and we got a finisher plaque, which is hard to get.
0: Yeah, that's your first one. Because there
1: were some people there that were experienced rallyists that do much better than us, and they didn't finish.
0: Good. So, not, not good that they didn't finish, but good but, that you... Feel yeah. accomplished this year, yeah. Because I don't think I I ran I ran it, I run it twice and I've never finished, and you run it twice and you've never finished. Yeah, exactly. So third time's a charm, huh? Yeah, no. Yeah. Well, I I couldn't unfortunately run it this year just because money so. and time did not allow, um, but hopefully next year I'll be going. Yeah, and we'll have something up there interesting to do it in. Yep. Something old again because you had it way too easy this year with heat and comfortable yeah, seats, too easy, traction control and. Well, not control. Control, no, no traction control, but Four still. Drive. Yeah, four-wheel drive, nice tires. We, <laughs> we, we need to do it in true auto off-topic, shipbox style. Maybe next year we'll do it with the Sarian. Yeah. That'd be fun. Well. So, anyway, so congratulations on finishing. Thanks. That's an awesome accomplishment. I can't wait to finish it myself and get a plaque from my toolbox.
1: So let's do uh, – it's a listener question week because we haven't done it in a while.
0: Yeah, because the listener last week we, – I mean, the uh, guest last week. We yes.
1: Didn't do it. Uh, so let's do some uh, listener questions – which we got a few. Uh, keep this to let's keep this to like an hour because I don't know how long my voice is going to hold out.
0: Sure, we're probably about forty-five minutes now.
1: No, about thirty-five. So okay, good. We're good then. It'll be perfect. So first question is from Arizona Castro, and he want to know he wants to know what is your best worst DSM memory? First start, of belt break, kill story, accident.
0: I feel like we've covered this in our stories about our own cars. Yeah, I mean. Worst DSM memory is my first broken timing belt. Probably. Nah, you know what? Probably not the first. <laughs> it's probably like the third broken timing belt with be my worst memory. Um, and the best DSM memory. Okay, let, let, okay. Let, let me change the subject completely. My biggest memory with the car is I learned how to drive standard transmission on my DSM. And I remember as I, I first got the car, and not being a experienced um, five-speed driver, I remember getting into second gear was a bit challenging. Um, and I used to have to, like, grit my teeth every time going into second gear. Uh, turns out that the problem was not with my driving. It was with the transmission. I just didn't realize that because I'd never driven a manual transmission before. So um, that would probably be my, my, my biggest memory of the car is learning how to drive with a broken transmission. So... That's my my biggest memory mm-hmm. of the car. So, I, I, again, uh, worst worst memory, yeah, breaking it. Best memory, just driving it.
1: Yeah, probably just driving it.
0: Yeah, just I I haven't had one for a long time, and I'll have another one someday because it's it was a great car, despite all its faults. I just I, I miss the car terribly, and there's nothing else to say about it. It's you know it's just a they get under your skin and they just stay there. Mm-hmm. So,
1: probably a of mine that was pretty bad.
0: Hydrolocking locking it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was probably the worst memory.
1: hmm Yeah. So, anyway. Let's do... Um, so, Rob Val asks... asks X. Yep. Sorry, I've got a cough drop now to try to help me out. Are you guys keeping up with the right-to-repair initiative in mass? No. I haven't heard about it in a while.
0: I remember when it first came out. I remember the stories around it. Um, it was a big deal for... I mean, I worked at a dealership at the time, too, so I was... Or maybe I worked... At, a body shop somewhere where it was a, it was a thing. Um, it's, it's hard to stay involved in that, especially where I'm into old cars. It really doesn't affect me directly right now. Um, obviously I support it. I don't want to have, you know, to be forced to go to a dealer for anything ever. Um, and I'm sure someday in the future I'll probably have modern cars. (laughs) So I I haven't been keeping up with it at all though. I'm sorry, Rob, I don't have a good answer. I mean, a lot of
1: the stuff, you know, it's federally mandated, currently that yep. all the the EPA requires manufacturers Oop. to have yeah <laughs> repair information available so you can usually find a factory website
0: yeah most of them do and if and if you don't have the factory website you can find somebody who has access to like an all data or something what that will have mm-hmm. the information that you're looking for so the information is out there and it's good that the EPA does that um Hopefully they stick around long enough to keep doing that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, EPA is kind of a, you know, it's an interesting topic that that could be a whole topic of discussion on a podcast sometime is is how the EPA is to a car enthusiast because it's both necessary and a hindrance, I guess. Mm -hmm. Uh, We understand why it's a hindrance being, you know, we need to care for the environment but it can be a hindrance, especially if you live in a place like Massachusetts or California where they have very strict emissions standards. Mm-hmm. So not that I have a problem with the EPA mandating I run a catalytic converter on my car because I feel that's a socially conscious thing to do. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: so, I think, so this question is really for you. Uh, I'm going to read it to you and then you can answer. Has there been consideration of importing cars from Japan, Europe, Australia, etc. as a means of building an inventory for vine? Or do you prefer to hunt down USDM cars
0: to sell? Uh, that question is asked by Steve Booten. Um, mm-hmm. I don't really like to talk about Vine as a as a rule on the podcast. I don't mind mentioning it at the beginning and the end uh, as adver- advertisement, but mm-hmm. I would like keep it separate because I don't like to make this podcast uh, an hour-long advertisement for my business. Uh, I'll answer the question quickly. Yes. Yes. Um, I have some contacts I've been making. I know some people who are going to be helping out with that, and that will be happening in the future. Um, the only reason it hasn't happened just much, time is just uh, it's the financial outlay that it will cost. Um, I have been involved with importing a car from Canada, from Japan, for a friend of the podcast, the Mitsubishi Um And I have been involved with our other friend, Al, in importing both a Mark I and a Mark II Escort. Um, so there's a lot of connections there and we'll get to that eventually. It just, it takes money. It takes time. And that's, that's it. But as I said, I, I don't like to promote too much during the podcast, the vine thing. Um, but I will answer the question.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. So the next question comes from our guest from last week, Jeremy Nutt. So if you haven't listened to that episode yet, you should, because it was really good. It
0: was really good. I mean, it was really good because we weren't talking the whole time. Mm-hmm. Somebody else was talking the whole time. That's right. And he has even, he has a lot, he has different knowledge than we do, and he is very yes. knowledgeable, very knowledgeable car guy.
1: Yes, it was it was a great episode. I really had fun. So anyway, Jeremy asks. He said, "What car can you buy right now for five thousand dollars or less that you think will only go up in value in the next ten years, assuming you do nothing to it but let it sit in the garage?"
0: I think we both have the same answer for this. What's that? Nine forty-four. Probably. I mean, the the way the Porsche market is going. It only makes sense. That's the next one to go up. I guess. Uh and you can still buy a decent non-turbo driver for five thousand dollars. Yeah. I mean th- there are other cars that that might. Um, first gen RX sevens, I think, are one of them. A nice low mile first gen RX7. There's a lot of no-
1: low mileage ones yeah. sticking around.
0: And I you, you can buy them for five grand will buy will buy you a nice like the nicest one. Not the not nicest one. Right, it'll yeah, it'll buy you a nice like sixty or seventy thousand mile mm-hmm. car. Um that I I think will definitely go up. Do you as, want to let them sit? Honestly. Rotary? No. If it's only got 60,000 miles on yeah. it now. My father's only has twenty thousand miles on it and the thing yeah. still starts and runs every time. Yeah. I mean I hear all the stories about rotaries. I mean, you don't want to let any car sit. You wanna start it up, exercise it. Don't obviously drive it every day. Yeah. But I mean I, I've not had I've had two low mile R X sevens myself and my father's had some very low mile RX-7s, and we had not had any problems that were any different than any other car. I
1: can't think of much else that's cheap right now
0: in that five thousand dollar range. If you bump it up to ten, there's probably some more. Um, but at five grand, I think that anything early eighties Japanese, interesting, maybe some two eighty Zs, the turbo models, those might go up in value a little bit. Some so early Z
1: thirty
0: one. No, before the Z thirty one the one it's like the the 2 240Z 260Z 280Z and then it went to the 280 zx which still had like the scooped headlights oh okay they were okay. bigger okay. they were more of a touring car than So a not like car. the
1: not like the 80s redesign like the still just before
0: that like the 83 okay yeah, okay. okay
1: maybe yeah they're Those, not they're not as pretty
0: they're not as pretty but a nice uh two seater manual transmission turbo car with t-tops I think is going to become a desirable car in the future again because the 240 260s are going up so high in value now that people are just going to be going to the next best thing. Mm-hmm. Um, other Japanese cars in that same in that same range, you know, first gen Supras. Sorry, sorry, second gen Supras. First gen Supras are kind of odd and they might not go up very much.
1: Which is what weird because I I like the way they look. The first gen
0: Supras. Yeah. Are you thinking about the? 78, 79 body style? Or are you yeah. thinking about the pop up right. headlight, like 82, 83?
1: Oh, all right. The pop up headlight one.
0: That's second gen. Oh, okay. Those, those are the ones that I thought. Oh, I
1: think. I'm thinking of third gen Supras then.
0: Yeah. Third gen <clears throat> Supras are like the ninety nineteen ninety body style. Which yeah. are also another car that's pretty inexpensive right now. And if you can get a nice, decent, low mileage turbo car and preventatively change the head gasket because they all, unfortunately, have head gasket issues because the factory spec on the um, head bolts wasn't tight enough. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would just change that first. Some good head bolts and a new gasket. Um, those will go up too. But the, fir- the second-gen Supers, um, the ones with and without flares, I think you're going to go up in value and you can still buy those in the $5,000 range. What
1: about, like... Um, oh my gosh. I just forgot what I was going to say. Well,
0: that's not good then.
1: Nope. Uh Oh, second-gen RX-7s, no?
0: Yeah, yes and no. Um, The ones that are going to go up in value are the anniversary editions and the turbos, and those are already over $5,000 for a clean one. Mm, so okay. second-gens are, are, are worth more than first-gens right now for top-of-the-line ones. I mean, you can get a base model second-gen for dirt cheap, but I don't think a base model second-gen is ever going to be worth much.
1: Oh, Celica like GT4, that's what I was going to say. Like,
0: Can you find one for $5,000 anymore? An I- nice I- I- one? Mm. I mean, they've gone up too.
1: Yeah, it, I, already I think like so. a even the early ones. Were the early ones the ST? I
0: did. I I think the early ones have have are the uh, 165s. Yeah, I think that they're yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that they're already over five thousand dollars for a clean one. Hmm. Maybe I'm wrong. I haven't shopped for them for a while, but I remember when I was looking at one many years ago. This was in like 1999. The car was like forty eight hundred bucks. <laughs> hmm. So I mean, they've kind of they're kind of a rare niche car, and they've kind of held on to their value. Um, as much as I want to sit here and say, you know, I will drive Talons and Eclipses and DSMs, and
1: maybe a Gallant VR4, maybe,
0: maybe a Galant VR4. Because in ten years, and maybe a stupid low mileage DSM, but ten, even those are already with five grand too. In
1: ten years, maybe they won't be around, but but then who will want them? <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, yeah. I, I, again, <clears throat> I, I think anything in the five thousand dollar range is going to be worth more just based on inflation. Yep. But not those are the cars that I think are going to go up appreciably worth buying as an investment. Yeah. You know, maybe not as an investment, like, you know, a muscle car or an exotic car, but something a little more of an investment share.
1: Mm-hmm. So Jeremy had a second question. He said, uh, so I guess this is sort of a, uh, like theoretical question. Pretend you are a 17 year old self. Pretend you are your 17 year old self knowing what you know now. What area of the automotive world would you try to pursue as a career?
0: I would have gotten into restoration early. Yeah, I would have gotten better at body work, but not crash work. Just restoration. I would have immersed myself more in vintage cars as a career versus working at car dealerships where they sell new cars and new car parts. Hmm. That's that's it. I would have because I I went into it initially as I need money. I need the most money I can get quickest. I'm going to work at a car dealership and I'm going to make money. I think if I could go back and even take a hit financially and work as an apprentice somewhere and learn the craft, I, I would, I would do that.
1: Yeah. Because even in the last 10 or 15 years, the money that people are spending on restorations has gone up significantly. significantly yeah. 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 No, that's good.
0: So I, I think I would do that. And, and that would give me the freedom to to work with the cars that I like every day work with the kind of people I actually like every day and, and, and enjoy it. Cause you know, being a car guy working in a car dealership, it's kind of stifling because mm-hmm. most people that work there could give a crap less about the cars that they are selling or cars they've ever sold or anything to do with cars. Mm-hmm. So being a true car enthusiast, it's hard to work in the automotive field without getting burnt out pretty quick.
1: Yep. Uh, I'd probably go more of a technician route.
0: Okay. So similar, but more on the working on cars.
1: Yeah. Well, just so I would have like a, I can do it pretty well, but I don't have, like, a professional resume for it, so.
0: Right. But I think the same thing. I think you're still more skilled than, like, a lube deck at Jiffy Lube, so.
1: Oh, I would know, hope so, yeah.
0: I, yeah, but they have that on their resume. As they're a lube deck at Jiffy Lube, they can go to a car dealership and get a job as a mechanic. Yeah. You know, you don't have that resume. I don't have any background. You're a better of, mechanic of than it,
1: they uh, are. Uh, yeah, a technician. Oh, I, I know there's been several times I when I was working at the dealership, a you meet technicians. You're like, nah, I know a lot more. I than know you. more than you do. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I remember one particular technician who will remain nameless, who, when I worked at the Mitsubishi dealer, was tasked to repair the active arrow on a 3000 GT. Yeah. And he took the spoiler off the car, and he flipped it upside down and put it on top of his workbench to work on the electric motor at the bottom of it. Yeah. Painted surface down. Yeah. Like, come on. I, I, and that was just one of many things that particular guy did.
1: I watched the guy take a try to take a. Um, Rear wiper off of a Voyager minivan with an air chisel. Oh. So, yeah, he naturally slipped and went right to the back window. Right to the
0: glass. <laughs> well, actually, if you're trying to take the rear wiper arm off of a first-gen Mini Cooper, or first-gen BMW Mini Cooper, you have to chisel them off. Because the the material that the post is made out of and the bolt is made out of, they become one. So, they always break. <laughs> We, at, at working at the body shop, we bought a lot of used rear glass just to get a good weapon motor. Weird. just take them apart. Yeah. Weird. Anyway, that's neither here nor there.
1: So, uh, listener Joe Stanley, he says, I ran out of real questions and dumb questions asked, but here's a quick story you might appreciate. So he moved from here out West to California yeah, to uh, LA. And he says the other day I took my car to the shop to fix an issue with, with it starting. Turns out it was the battery, I guess. They pop the hood and take a look inside. One of the mechanics asks, are you from back east? And the rust is a dead giveaway. And, of course, yep. it is. And
0: Which is the whole basis of our podcast. Yeah. The, 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 the life of an automotive enthusiast in the rust belt. Yes. So, yes, Joe, that is definitely a story we see. and That's why we go to California to buy cars. Yes. And if I went to California to buy a car and I bought your car, I would be pissed. <laughs>
1: All right. So, let me open up Instagram. First time we tried uh, asking questions on Instagram, uh, got a good response. So I think we'll keep doing that. Yeah, excellent. Uh, so first Well, it's
0: funny because Facebook has that whole pay-to-play thing now. So you can put a post God, up on Facebook so hard. and get no responses.
1: So annoying. So uh, Maxer asks, he says, what's the first car that you drove that changed the perception of speed for you? I think we covered that like the third episode.
0: You know, it's because we're not. We're not automotive journalists. We don't get to drive a lot of fast no. cars. So we get to drive them when they're old used cars, and we drove that Z06, yeah. and that changed the perspective of speed for a dollar for me. Yeah. I mean, the fact that that's a car that you can buy for sub $20,000, and it goes that fast is pretty insane.
1: And handles that well. And it handles that well. I mean, I've
0: ridden in faster cars. Yeah. I don't think I've driven faster cars. I mean, I've driven some fast cars in a parking lot, yeah, (laughs) but I've never driven. I'd never been handed the keys to a car that was that fast and just told, "Go drive this as hard as you can."
1: Well, the other weekend when I went down to the rallycross to meet Jordan and I went for a ride along in his uh, STI, that kind of blew me away a little bit because it'd been so long since I'd been in an STI and then on dirt, how hard it accelerated. That was pretty surprising. Like I was not expecting that.
0: But it used to own one, so it's I not did like, used
1: to own yeah. one. But it'd been so long, it was like, oh wow. Well, doesn't so.
0: I me, mean, I used to own an Evo. Yeah. And I think on paper, acceleration of the Evo and the Z06 are probably pretty close.
1: Yeah, I, I acceleration mean, acceleration-wise, uh, like zero to sixty. I mean, the Evo and the STI were, the tra- were like four had, and a half. Yeah, they had yeah. traction
0: advantage over the Corvette, but they don't have that. Instant so I don't know what a Z06 is, they, but, they, but they don't have that instant torque feeling that the Corvette has anyway. I mean, I, I own a V8 car, so I'm not. You know, not used to having a little bit of STI torque. STI has
1: more torque. It, f- it feel- felt torque here down low. Always. Well, it's not than the Corvette. No, no, no. no, no. But <laughs> than <laughs> the Evo, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but what was the 060 on a was it 02? The 400 horsepower 06?
0: Yeah, I'm looking right now. Um, Obviously, good podcast fodder typing on the computer.
1: No, we're going to find out.
0: Um, I'm curious
1: now. Because I'm pretty sure that the STI and the Evo were like right around four and a half. Which at the time when you like that was a lot, and they'd both run. The STI and the Evo would be like thirteen one in the quarter, and they'd run like a sixty zero to sixty in like four and a half. But I feel like the Z06 was like a twelve second car in the quarter mile.
0: It probably was. I mean, my Evo <clears throat> stock was I uh, ran thirteen three at one hundred and one. Yeah. So I, I assume at high end wise, it's gonna. That because it's
1: 100, 100 horsepower more it's and a 100 lighter horsepower
0: car. and it's a lighter car yeah. it does have the traction off the line for the 0 to 60. But my computer just froze here on Chevrolet Blazer 0 to 60 times, so that's not helping us. No, so <laughs> why the hell do you want to know that? <laughs> I don't know, but the website showed it to me, so and that's where it froze. It was like, nope, you can't go any further. Uh, let's see, 2002 Z06 from Motor Week Tests back when it was new uh zero to sixty time uh four point two seconds and a twelve five in the quarter so that's a that's those numbers don't sound blistering fast now when you talk about you know a two point two zero to sixty time in the new Teslas but to me four point two seconds zero to sixty and a twelve five quarter mile car that you can buy for sub twenty thousand dollars
1: no back then that was insanely fast
0: it is fast. That's that's a fast car, so I mean that was a fifty thousand dollar car when it came out too. So yeah, but nonetheless, that that yep. that car probably was the biggest mind blowing thing that I've driven, and I've driven some some supercars and stuff, but I've never had a chance to drive them on the open road, mm-hmm. unfortunately. And I've ridden in some you know you know nine second street cars, and just not driving it doesn't give you that same feeling.
1: Mm-hmm. So biz piz uh, his question is: He says, CSM, DSM, GVR4. So let's translate those. So it's what? Colt?
0: Yeah, Colt Mirage.
1: Colt Mirage. DSM, so Diamond Star Motor, so uh, Eclipse Laser Talon. Yep. Glant VR4, GVR4. Yep. And he says, uh, Mod 1, Daily 1, Part 1 out. Which would you choose and why?
0: Okay, well, this is hard because I don't want to part any of them out because I love my CSM. Well, DSM that's DSM the game. Uh, this is kind of like an F, uh, F Mary Kill. Yep. Um, I guess I would have to. I have a family, so I probably have to daily think the lot. Okay. Um, how mod can we go on the CSM? Can I all go drive swap the thing?
1: Uh, yeah, I guess.
0: I mean, if I could all-wheel drive swap a CSM, I'd probably do that because they're just dumb. Yeah, like like a like a nineteen ninety one hatchback mm-hmm. would be really cool with a full. That's what I would do. I would part out the DSM because we're in New England to be a Russian shitbox anyway. Yep, I'm gonna part out the DSM okay. and run the drive line in the CSM. Okay, fair and enough. Toy and I'm gonna deal with the Galant.
1: Okay, fair enough.
0: So I mean, and then I'm secretly gonna buy another DSM because I can't. Okay, I can't do that. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of.
1: I mean, the question is a little redundant for me because the so the DSM is modded. <laughs> yeah. mine is actually. Yep. yep. Uh, the I is your summertime I, daily. I sort of summertime daily. Yeah, the the Galant, and then You and not care about a Colt. I don't. They're cool, but I guess I'd part it out. Yeah. So. Oh. Anyway,
0: that's good because i need your parts.
1: Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Uh, that's
0: that's an interesting question. It's a very in, inside Mitsubishi question. It is. But I I like it because that's. Yeah. And 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 that way we can both have our lot of Air Force, and then we can have something different. You have a Talon, I'll have my Colt GT. Yes.
1: And then uh, Throttle by Cable asks, why Mitsubishi's?
0: No reason. Because we bought. I bought that Talon and fell into the wormhole.
1: Yeah, and then I don't know. Every everybody loves an underdog story, right? I guess, yeah. They're they're kind of underdog cars.
0: They have with, so we, with we grew up as Red Sox with fans, flashes so. <laughs> of you know with
1: little flashes of genius. Yeah, every like, now and then. Much
0: like being being a Red Sox fan in the, in the eighties, yeah. you know they were always the losing team. We had the flash of greatness in like '86 where we almost got to the World Series, and then we didn't get to the World Series. We mm-hmm. didn't finish, didn't finish it off. So it's yeah, it's kind of an underdog story, and it's I think it's all my fault.
1: They're also inexpensive.
0: They were expensive, inex- well, yeah. They are expensive, but I think it's my fault because I bought the Talon, and Andrew was young and impressionable, and I enabled him to buy a Talon. And next thing you know, mm-hmm. we got sucked into the world of Mitsubishi's, mm-hmm. and we met a lot of cool people through Mitsubishi's too. So that kind of solidified it as well. I mean, I, I have a, I've had, a, I've dabbled with Volkswagens as well, and I've met a lot of cool people through the Volkswagen world. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of, kind of what's kind of stuck me with each one of them. I remember at one point I was buying a new daily. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to buy a Volkswagen because I enjoy hanging out with Volkswagen people. This is before the current crop of Volkswagen kids.
1: Yeah. But. <laughs> so, uh, next question. Stunt Nuts 4130 uh, what do you think is the reasoning behind modern cars that do not have auto headlights but do have instrument cluster lights that turn on automatically besides to make people forget to turn on their headlights at night themselves?
0: I don't know, but it's infuriating. Oh, it's... We have a pretty good story about
1: that. Remember yes. in Lynn? <laughs> so my Evo.
0: Which had DRLs. So the headlights would come on, but no tail 2008.
1: So had DRLs. Yep. It had, did not have auto headlights. and it Dash had, lights were on. And it had a light up in, uh, instrument cluster. Yeah. So uh, for some reason, I think I turned, I think I had the headlights on, whatever. We're in Lynn, the town next to where we live. And we stopped for food, and then we like picked up the food. We we're going to leave to go to a friend's house. It was you, uh,
0: Stephanie.
1: Yeah, my fiance. Yeah. Not at the time, but uh, she is now. So we're all in the car, and we're going over to their house. And in this city, they never really pull you over for anything because they've got other issues. Yeah,
0: it's it's a it's a higher crime rate city than. So most for
1: some area. reason, like it was right around twilight too. It wasn't even dark.
0: Uh, it was dark. I think it was dark. We were in front of the, the high, the it high school. It was
1: twilight. It was still kind of light out. All
0: right. All right. All right. All
1: right. So he like pulled me over because I didn't have any taillights, yep. but he was confused because I had headlights. And no taillights. And no taillights. Yeah. And then when we pulled over, I realized what happened. I flipped the headlights on. So then we, but, but he must've been looking down like running plates. Cause when he got up, he was like, got to the window. He's like, your taillights are on now. I pulled it over cause they weren't
0: on. Right. But then he asked you if you realized the <laughs> registration and what did you hand him?
1: <laughs> I just, I do have it from. Like muscle memory, pulling things out of my wallet, going, my to the dri- going to the
0: drive-thru, getting yeah, my debit card. And he was like, uh, I don't know what I'm going to do with this. Yeah. It, was like, it was like a cash bribe, but a debit card.
1: <laughs> He's like, well, I can't take your debit card, but I'll take your
0: license. <laughs> I was like, oh, sorry. So I, I don't know what the theory is behind that, <laughs> other than it's super infuriating. Uh, and it kind of goes with the modern cars that have the key fobs, where you can start the car and then walk away with the key, and the car will run, and you can, somebody else can drive off in the car. And not be able to start it again later on that day because you have the key.
1: No, yeah, but you see it all the time now. Is like people will just be driving down the highway, no running lights. Yep. Some really dim DRLs. Yep. And some dim person behind the steering wheel.
0: Not, only, not always dim person. You did it yourself, Andrew. <laughs>
1: that was a joke. <laughs> so uh, Throttle by Cable uh, has, to, he has another question. He says, oh, and you're given $25,000 and invited the Optima, Optima Streetcar Challenge. What do you build and bring? The the build car purchase has to be included in the budget.
0: Well, I mean, there's already one in it. I, I don't want to run a starian. Yeah. And I know that the car in the Ultimate Streetcar has a lot more than twenty five grand into it. Yeah. Um but I don't think my ultimate goal would be to win the Ultimate Streetcar. It would just be to compete and have a good time. Uh, because I think that it's pretty much understood that with a budget of twenty five grand, you're not going to win the event.
1: Oh, I don't know if you could spend because your blue colt was what a couple thousand bucks. Not even. So that leaves you with twenty four thousand and five hundred dollars to.
0: <laughs> but it, but think <laughs> of spend what on that it? car would require to become to the same level as a Lamborghini or a brand new Z o six. Oh, is that what's in those now? Anything. Oh, ultimate street cars. Anything. With a I plane. thought it
1: was what became of the sport compact car ultimate street car challenge. I thought that's. What I think it's,
0: it's kind of the same level of that, it's kind of same same design of events. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if you've watched videos of it, there's like full on supercars, mm. like there's guys out there with like you know Porsche RSRs and you know Viper Club Sports. <laughs> so it's not. Uh, it's not the same as it used to be.
1: Well, in that case, I would buy a C5 fixed-roof coupe, fixed fixed coupe Yep. and buy a bunch of used Z06 parts.
0: Some big old sticky tires. Big old... Yep. That's, that's all you could do. Yeah. And I think even at that, you still would be hard-pressed to compete looking at the stuff in that channel.
1: I don't know, because you could, like...
0: I don't really? know if you've looked at this thing lately. I mean, there, a... there, it's mostly six-figure cars that can beat. Really? I if have you watch to look at it again. I, again, going back to the whole Roadkill thing, if you watch the latest episode of Roadkill, they brought two beater cars to it, just kind of as a joke. They brought a first-gen um, RX-7 and a first-gen Civic mm-hmm. to this event, and obviously it was laughable how much slower they were than everybody else, but. It's uh, it's it's quite eye opening to see what competes in this event now. Hmm. So I I I don't think at twenty five grand it's reasonable to win the event. Um,
1: I think if I spent
0: I think I'm spending twenty five grand on a car, I want it to be something that I can just do everything with.
1: I don't know if I spent fifteen grand on a, on a C5 vet. Yep. you could do a lot for ten thousand dollars for that car. Make it pretty damn fast.
0: Yeah, you could absolutely you could. I just
1: that probably be the best weapon.
0: There's no doubt that's probably the best use of your money. Yeah. I just I'm dumb and I would want to build something that I want to drive all the time.
1: I would and drive that all the time
0: i i i would take my white starion narrow body and l s one swap it and just call it a day
1: okay all right uh one last question, and uh'm probably going to pronounce this wrong, but I think it's Kaiyu Shudan
0: um
1: Kaiyu Shudan that sounds right
0: oh it's uh Kayusha is old. Okay. So he talks about old cars. So Kyusha is old car. Kyusha Dan is old Dan, old car Dan.
1: Oh. Um, okay. Anyway. So he says what second-hand cars have have you gone to look at, wanted to buy, but didn't end up buying for whatever reason.
0: That list is 100 years long.
1: No, but I think the most recent one was probably was it that 5 series?
0: That was like 7 years ago, Andrew. Yeah. <laughs> There's been a lot since. So what else has been there? there and then? Oh. Uh, I mean I I was just looking at trucks for months. Okay.
1: Let's enthusiast cars that you wanted to keep. Um, because the trucks are boring.
0: I i guess not many since then, you're probably right then. Yeah. So Pride at Five Series. And we didn't buy it because the car looked really it nice. Presented really well. It presented really well. Until you looked under the back and realized it didn't have any frame rails. No, they
1: were totally rotted right away.
0: Even though the rest of the car was no rot anywhere. The floors were fine, the front frame was fine. It was just the rear frame rails between the rear axle and the rear bumper. This is like an 86 or an 87 uh, 528i. Mm-hmm. I'm
1: trying to um, think of what I looked at recently.
0: But we don't. Uh, you looked at the Montero. Oh. But you were going to buy it. You made an offer, you accepted it, then you couldn't get a title.
1: Yeah. I mean, that was different, but like. Yep.
0: I remember my my biggest regret one would probably be when I was a teenager. I was probably 17 or 18. um, And my father was really still kind of in control of my large purchases. Uh, And he and I went and looked at an 83 Rabbit GTI. Mm -hmm. Um, This is before I bought the Talon. So it probably would have changed my whole direction (laughs) with cars. I'd probably be born to Volkswagens and Mitsubishis. Um, The car is 390,000 miles on the shell. But it was fully redone. New motor, new transmission, all new brake lines, new carpet, new the car was done. It was nice. It was a really well put together car. But my father at the time looked at it as a three hundred thousand mile plus used car and mm-hmm. didn't want me to buy it. So that's and at the time that was a you know, twenty four hundred dollar car. Yeah. <laughs> Which even with that mileage is now you know, not not ten thousand dollar car, but it's probably a six or seven thousand dollar car because it's it was it was hundred percent redone. It wasn't like it was an old beater. It was a full restoration car. So the only thing that hadn't been done was it had some faded paint on the front end. Mm-hmm. But the car it, it presented really well. It sat nice. It looked nice. It sounded nice. I still remember it had a little Tectonics exhaust sticker on the quarter glass. Yep. And I was like, this is the car. This, is, this thing is awesome. And I had the whole thing built in my head. And if I was like three hundred ninety thousand miles. We can't buy this thing. Yep. So then he pushed me to buy my Talon, and then that car broke all the time and cost yeah. me a ton of money. And <laughs> he might as well have bought in the rabbit. But he probably that's should probably have the bought
1: that autobiography uh, that he could have bought. That was kind of neat.
0: Yeah. The A110 Abarth. Mm-hmm. Abarth? Oh, sorry. Abarth. Abarth. Bart. guess that's how you say it now. Yeah. Yeah, I should have bought that because that was cheap money at the time, too. It was like four grand. I'm trying to think. We went And those and looked money.
1: at... out of I helped Jordan look at a uh, 05 Xterra for another friend.
0: Yeah, that was rusty.
1: It, yeah, it wasn't It wasn't so much the rust that bothered me. Check engine light. It was the weird check engine light.
0: Oh, and, and the, the airbag light.
1: And the airbag light. He's like, no, no, it's like the...
0: He said, that's normal. Don't worry about
1: it. He said, that's the tire light. I was like, eh, no, it's an airbag light, dude.
0: <laughs> Why is it in front of the driver yeah. in the picture?
1: He just had, like, tape over it. I was like, mm. Yeah,
0: no, it's not going to happen for me. It was kind of weird. But, yeah, there's, there's, there's been a, a bunch of cars that I haven't bought um it, it might sound funny to say that I don't not buy a lot of cars, but i don't I'm not always going and looking at buying cars it's usually I've done enough research that by the time I find the car I'm looking for you usually ask the owner enough questions like yeah I usually wind up buying that car
1: yeah the montero that I have now as it sat when I bought it, I probably shouldn't have bought it yeah, you
0: probably shouldn't have bought that one. yeah it's
1: <laughs> it's really nice now, so it's for sale it's much nice it's I like yeah, but times you're pro- nicer? You're probably $1,000 yeah. more
0: into it than you're asking yes, for it, too. Yes, exactly. Because but, it was probably the wrong car to start with. Yeah. But you you, you saved that car. I did save it. So, trying- yeah, I don't know. There aren't many cars that I haven't gone and looked at it and then not bought. No. It, except nope. when it came to buying the pickup truck, I probably looked at 25 of them before I found the one that I bought. Mm-hmm. And even that isn't perfect, it's had its problems.
1: So. so, anyway, that's all the questions. Excellent. Um, that
0: was a good amount of questions this week.
1: It was a good amount of questions. Uh, I'm sorry about my voice; it's kind of shitty, and I'm sorry about all the coughing and stuff. But
0: well, right, so the coughing is a problem in the voice. Yeah, and I know I'm talking fast again because it's that's probably what the, I do. maybe
1: it's when we drink coffee and we have caffeine. Last last week we were we we're slowing it down. We we're drinking beer. Man. Oh, last week yeah. I had been up for 24 hours. True,
0: and I was on cough medicine. Oh, we only had one beer each, but yeah, yeah good beers. I was definitely lethargic overall. So
1: anyway, um. This episode of course is brought to you by
0: Vintage Imports of New England, VintageImportsNE.com. Uh we now offer automotive shipping, also motorcycle shipping, ATV shipping, snowmobile shipping. If it fits, we'll ship it. Yep. Um, we have a enclosed 20 foot trailer so we can carry pretty much anything from a small SUV to almost any car that's not a 59 Cadillac. APY Eight and a half feet wide by twenty feet long, twenty feet plus. It's got a eighteen inch V nose on it too, so mm-hmm. we can put a lot of stuff in there. So let me know what you need shipped somewhere, and I'll give you a pretty competitive quote. I think. Um, vintage, vintage Imports N E com, Vintage Imports of New England on Instagram and Facebook.
1: Yep, and you can follow uh, Auto Off Topic podcast on Facebook, Auto Off Topic on Instagram. Uh, please. Like, review, share on iTunes. Yeah, I've noticed we
0: don't have any iTunes reviews. I know. Somebody should should do that for us. Please. Because we can't do it. Nope, we can't. Please. Start start that. That would help us out.
1: Move us up the rankings. It would help us
0: a lot. Uh, We're not even listed in the rankings. No.
1: No, get us on there. Get us on the board.
0: Easily 300 listeners a week.
1: Whatever. We appreciate all listeners. We
0: do. No, I'm not saying easily at all. 300 listeners a week is amazing for our 16th yes. episode. Yes. Like, I'm pretty I'm pretty happy with between 250 and 300 yes. every week. So we thank everybody that listens, and uh, please share it with as many people as you can that enjoy talking about cars or hearing about cars or playing with toy cars or playing with real cars.
1: Yep. So I am going to... Uh, um, oh, my God, I'm drifting. So the... Uh, you can follow me on Raced in Anger on Instagram, uh, or there's a Raced in Anger Facebook page if you really want to. Uh, and I think that's it. So keep your cars analog.